Recording live while hang gliding with Mothman and the Thunderbird, this is Craft Cryptids. Brothers, conspiracies, breweries, and everything in between. It's time for Craft Cryptids. Yo, yo. Back at it again, live with another episode of Craft Cryptids. What's up, man? Not much, man. It's been an exciting couple of days for me. I've had a bit pretty busy uh, Labor Day weekend. Yeah, me too. We haven't really been talking off uh, the podcast lately, so um, what's been going on that's been keeping you busy? Uh, me and Madison took a trip to Smith Rock State Park. It's like two and a half hours southeast of us, like towards Bend. Uh, we had a day trip, so I left at like 5 a.m., got there. This place gets packed. Uh, did like a a three and a half four mile jammer of a hike, and then um, with the dogs, and then we eight lines rolled out. But uh, it's hella hot. It was like a hundred. Like by the time we were le- we were leaving, about we got there like eight. We were, we left about twelve or one thirty. Um, actually, probably closer to one thirty two. Uh, and it was just like. At two o'clock, it was like a hundred degrees. I was like, "We got to get out of here." The, do- the dogs are dying. So. Yeah, screw that. You probably uh, did it pretty good though by getting up there so early. Sounds like a place where maybe some cryptids would be hiding in some cracks and crevices. Definitely, it feels like a what, what is it called the a hole, the giant bat. Okay, you know what I'm talking oh, about. I, do. I feel like it was, that would be something that it would be like hiding out there, or like maybe some sort of like werewolf or something. It was really cool, man. These giants, these giant rock features, and um, like right as soon as you see them, they stick out from the surrounding, uh, kind of the surrounding environment. And apparently, it's like one of the bigger, like or most more popular rock climbing spots. There was a ton of rock climbers there. I mean, we probably passed like a hundred rock climbers at eight a.m. Um, so it was wild, but it was a good time. And then, um, went kayaking the next day and today kind of just recouped. So, uh, you know, it took, took, took a lazy Labor Day, but, um, yeah, man, what'd you get into? That's some solid outdoor man stuff, dude. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I try to get into it. It's like the last couple of weeks of summer here, you know? So uh, I hear you. Uh, gotta, gotta try to get a little active while I still can. Yeah. We're just, you know, we're in that wedding, <laughs> um, final wedding I'm planning here. We got five weeks to the wedding, bro. So that's pretty much what the whole weekend was. Uh, wedding. You know what? One of my pet peeves are though. Uh, I went. We went grocery shopping today, and I hate more than anything a crowded grocery store, dude. Like, I feel that man. I was getting so stressed. It's like you turn down one aisle, and there's like five people you can't get through. So it's like okay. Let me like loop de loop around the other way. Oh, turn right. I'm immediately almost hit someone else. Like everywhere you turn, there's someone. It's like, good lord, get me out of this place. But we needed to do like big ass grocery shopping, so I couldn't just dip out and be like, yeah, I'll go tomorrow. It's like, nope. You know, school starting Tuesday. We got to get all the school snacks going, all the dinner stuff. It's like, damn, it was horrible, bro. But <laughs> that, uh, well, that's like, so when I lived in Reno, we'd like, uh, go, I mean, also well, I was a college kid, so this was easy, but you know, and every, everything's open 24 hours there. So we'd go to Walmart or Winco at like 3am, uh, to avoid all the lines. And also cause there was always like classic Reno tweakers, like meth heads at Walmart at like 3am, like sprinting up and down the aisles, yelling, crouching, jumping, it's kind of like shopping in a show. Of course. I know what you're talking about. And Winco, oh my God. I've been to a Winco at like 2 in the morning once. Um, I, I'm, you know, you know, Food Max in Fremont? Yeah. So Winco, I call like just, it's just the cleaner version of Food Max. Like it's the same concept. It's just a little cleaner, you know? It's like uh, Food Max is like the East Palo Alto and uh, Winco's like, Fremont Irvington district like it's still not super nice but compared to food max it's a lot better yeah bro <laughs> that's, a, that's a cool story uh, speaking of the grocery store so um I was there went down the beer aisle um and 
this just popped out to me. Um, I go in, I was going to the spot where they sell like singles. Uh, you could like build your own six pack or you could just buy a single. Of course, it's a little more expensive to buy it single, but um, it was a lemon ginger cider. Um, oh, that's cool, like unique. I, yeah. I feel like I, I've never seen that combo. Exactly. So I grabbed it. It's from Austin East Ciders. Um, they're out here in Austin. Um, all they do is ciders. Um, this is part of their Maker's Stash um, series. So um, this is combined. It says it combines the creative spirit of the East Side with lip smacking flavor. Bittersweet apples blend with bright acidic lemons finished with the beautiful bite of ginger. Um, I've never been... Oh, crack that open. I've never been a big ginger fan in general, but uh, I don't know. This sounds like it might be pretty good. And then actually for a cider, bro, um, it's pretty strong. It's a 6.5% alcohol content. Yeah, not bad. So... I'm um, pouring mine right now. What do you got over there? Yeah, man. So I took a visit to this like beer slash bottle shop in inner southeast Portland called Belmont Station. I threw a picture up on our Instagram a couple days ago. Oh, I seen that. That looked beautiful. Yeah, they have fourteen hundred beers. What? Fourteen hundred? Fourteen hundred. And they probably have stocked like. So, like, you walk into this, like, area, and it's, um, you know, it's not too big. It's not too big of a room. So think of, like, a, like a, 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 an average-sized liquor shop, I guess. And they probably have a, out there about five to six or seven hundred different types of beers. And then they have, like, if you just walk back, there's, like, literally a room of, like, un, unstocked, just, like, crates and, like, of beers that they haven't put out there yet. Nice. Um, so they have a ton of beers, and then, like, next, like adjoining to them is a like a draft room that they have like 35 beers on tap. Okay. Um, but so I went there and I got, I picked up a ton of stuff that I'm going to use on the podcast. Um, the main reason I went there, uh, or one of the main reasons because that they have a beer in stock called, um, cactus wins the lottery by ex Novo brewing. Who's like starting to be kind of like, they're really moving up on my hierarchy of Portland breweries. So I went and got, I went there, bought a six pack of that and I'll, I'll get a review up later on the, uh, Later in the next couple episodes of that, nice. I, I posted that. Uh, there's a picture of that from Loyal Legion, like in a glass. Oh, um, that's what that was. Okay. Yeah, but what I'm drinking today is called Sky Kraken. Nice. It's uh, the label's so dope. It's like this giant kraken attacking a blimp. Um, and yeah, it's a it's a hazy pale ale. From Fremont Brewing, they're based out of Seattle. I think relatively new. They, uh, I guess, ten years. They're founded in two thousand nine. But it's got a it's got a cool uh, description here. I wanted to read. Uh, At the dawn of our time, near to a future sun in the imagined universe of reality, dwells a sky kraken, a contradiction of the senses, offering ripe melon, juicy citrus, pineapple, and pepper flavors to the brave. An idea brought together by the cosmic attraction of opposites. Sky Kraken is a naturally unfiltered beer. It's also a really cool name for this really cool beer, and we wanted to brew using hops we love. We hope you love it too. I hope you love it, bro. Actually, um, I think when we first started off, before we even started rec- recording the podcast, you had some event at your work. Yeah, and, I think uh, I mentioned that it, beer yeah. was there. Yeah, you mentioned it to me. I think I think I might have posted it on our Instagram a long time ago when we like. When I like, we were months out from recording. We were just an Instagram. Yeah, I think uh, you did actually. OG IG status. Yeah. Um. So this uh, lemon ginger cider, like on the nose, bro. It's just straight apple. So it's just the apple cider smell coming through. It smells really good. Um. I'm not sure I like it, but it's not. <laughs> okay. it, but let me, it, it's not because it's bad, if that makes sense. It's just because I'm not a huge ginger fan. And so, like the first sip, you taste apple and then lemon follows it up like right away. A nice lemon, sour like lemon. But then that ginger hits right at the end. Like the way it reads on the label is exactly how it comes through. Apple, lemon, and then uh, the ginger on the end. What sucks is since I'm not a huge ginger fan, 
like the second and third sip, all I taste is ginger because I have that ginger aftertaste in my mouth. Um, so I don't think I could give this an unbiased rating just because I'm not a huge ginger fan. If you like ginger, um, it's like almost, I don't know, a ginger lemon drop almost, if that makes sense. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. Um, sounds Almost tastes like um, a Sour Patch Kid mixed with some fresh ginger. Actually, okay. So this sounds like it's decent. You, you know, it's probably pretty decent. It's just not your cup of cider. Exactly. I, a couple. I, I like what you did there. Yeah, I think it's probably good. If I was just a ginger fan, I'm looking up on Untapped, and um, it has 400 check-ins. Um, it's averaging 3.56. So I mean, it's getting some solid scores up there. I like yeah, that. Maybe we should give our review rating in comparison to Untapped moving forward. Uh, anyways, that's awesome. Sounds good. Uh, I haven't tasted this yet. I just wanted to. Uh, it it poured a kind of like a yellow, a yellow orangish. Uh, it's a. This is like a classic. Also, I was trying to look up like hazy pale ale because you see, you hear a lot of like hazy IPAs. Right, right. Um, and this is actually the other, like, when I looked up Sky Kraken, it's also listed as a New England IPA, which is, like, known as, like, the, mm. that, that's, like, the originator. Um, mm-hmm. Or I guess, like, that really is, hazy IPAs are actually New England IPAs. Exactly. They started the whole craze. Yeah, they started bro. the whole craze. So, um, cool. So, I'm going to take a sip here. It's just, it smells just like a regular IPA on the nose. Um, oh, it's pretty good. I, I've had it before, but I really don't remember this flavor at all. Um, <laughs> it, I mean, like, I know our listeners are probably tired of us saying, like, citrusy, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say that. I almost get, like, um, an, like, an orange up front, or like a, like, um, like some sort of, like, melon, what are those, like, honey, honeydews, or those the, those the green ones in, like, the melon package? You know what I'm talking about? I don't know. I just know there's green and orange. Um, yeah, greens, honeydew, orange is cantaloupe. Yeah, so it, it, I get like it just straight up honeydew, like blasting me in the face, cra- sky cracking ink style. Um, and then like after that, I get a slight bitterness. Um, I really like it. I think I, I'd probably give this a, a three seven five, my classic rating for all beers that I like, but I'm not in love with. Um, it, it's, d- it's done great on Untapped. It's got an average rating of three eight four, um, with over eleven thousand check-ins. So, oh, okay, people yeah, like it. With- uh, I really like it. Um, I would say the only thing that I mean, it might, I think it would be a lot better draft, um, like most beers. But I, I'm gonna stick with my three seven five rating here. Yeah, your three seven five is pretty well in line with uh, what they got going, and eleven thousand check-ins. I mean, that's a solid beer. Sounds like. Yeah, man. I think like this is probably one of the, and I don't know. So I'm putting this, you know, for all our listeners who really care about our beer reviews. I don't know a whole <laughs> ton about Seattle beer. I'm like a, definitely a Seattle beer casual, uh, but. As far as the craft beer game goes, I, I feel like, at least here in Portland, Fremont is like the king of the Seattle breweries. I see them in a lot of a lot of bars here. They always carry like this, this Sky Kraken or a couple other their IPAs. The Sky Kraken, the Kraken's orange on that, right? Yeah, it's like an orange red, and it's got like these big old tentacles that are coming for this kind of similar colored blimp. Yeah, I just remember that artwork's pretty cool on that. Nice, bro. Good stuff. Cool, man. Um, what are we? Uh, what cryptid are we ju- jumping into this week? So legit, bro. <clears throat> like, do you have a crystal ball over there, or are you like into the dark magic or something? No, not yet. Because you always seem to like jump the gun on anything I'm about to talk about, whether it's like. I'm in the middle of the topic, and you're like, "Oh, what about this?" I'm like, "Bro, I was just about to get to that." Well, I mean, bro, I've been um, we've been brother, or I've been your brother my whole life. True. So I, it's just like a your natural, a natural brotherly intuition. You know how like twins have like telepathy, like they can talk to each other, uh, right? I right. have like we have that, but it's only one way. 
because you know did you feel uh i got a beard trim this weekend i know you got a beard was your beard itching at all this weekend? no but my beard it, it actually lost some length overnight so that makes sense nice nice bro <laughs> well so i'll say um, hey is your does your back itch no yeah mine either whoa shoot <laughs> you're no not gonna go there um yeah what crypt did you jump into a hole oh no way yeah so you mentioned it um there's no way it would live in the caves in oregon but yeah someone talked oh. about a hole um a hole's not like super well known but um it's a crypt that i knew about before i really got up in the cryptid game um so a hole um it's found across indonesia um specifically the jungles of java not Java the hut, but Java like coffee, like bro. Java chip, like get me like like a Java chip latte, yeah, Starbucks, uh, latte. What you know about that Starbucks, bro? La- latte mocha cappuccino, bullshit. Um, nah, those are all different things, bro. Don't even ask about my Starbucks game, bro. We're, we don't want to talk about that because I got mad Starbucks game over here. I'm all if up. If you in... even have a Starbucks game, that's how I know you aren't a coffee guy. I don't drink coffee, but at work, my client is Starbucks. So, oh, oh. hell yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. gotcha. Yeah, you know, I shouldn't go any deeper than that. But um, yeah, so yeah, it's all across Indonesia in the jungles of Java is where it lays or sits or stands. I don't know. Haven't really got that like much where intel. Karaoke's, <laughs> karaoke's, um, yeah. There is a great a whole karaoke bar in the deep jungles of Java. Um, yeah, I hear the uh, Java bocce ball games are unreal. Yeah, they do have some private uh, bocce ball leagues over there. Um, they're really tough, though. The box scores are really tough to find. Um, I don't yeah. know if you subscribe to ESPN Ocho, but they're deep, deep in there. If you subscribe, no, I don't. I don't have to. I don't have that premium membership, you know. Yeah, I just have the domestic membership, so uh, I don't get the international yeah, either. I don't have the Julian League. <laughs> uh, I was trying to go back and forth as serious as we can, and you got me there. It's like a staring contest, and you won. <laughs> the Aholian League. Oh. Um, so this is a flying cryptid. Um, there's, I like flying cryptids. I feel like there's not as many um, popular ones. Of course, Mothman is out there. Um, Mothman rules the roost when it comes to the flying cryptids. Um, so a whole. So first of all, let's talk about how it looks. So its face. Is kind of like a mix of a of a chimpanzee and a bat, kind of. Um, it, it has more like of a bat, like the long like bat type snout, but like um, it has like sharp teeth, more like of a chimpanzee or an ape, if that makes sense. Um, like the mouth of an ape um, has very big eyes, um, these red skin type wings. Um, almost the wings remind me of like a pterodactyl kind of gotcha so there's a lot more to it i thought it was just a big ass bat well that's the thing like it's described mainly as just a large bat so if you take a look at it it looks mainly like a bat but its wings kind of look like pterodactyl wings to me face is like chimp bat the rest is probably like a bat well i mean what else Um, is there to a bat though right like a bat is really like it's two things it's the face and his wings what else is there to a bat so it sounds like it's not really that much like a bat what speaking of bats real quick uh i've already had a few drinks just fyi um you ever go to a zoo (laughs) and see all like see a bat exhibit and the bats are like just chowing down on some fruit i haven't seen that in person i've seen it on youtube oh man let me tell you there's nothing uh there's nothing that gives me joy in this world like, just seeing a bat chowing down on a banana, bro. Like, this dude is just, he is just stoked. You know, he's been waiting all day, flying at two feet on the ground, back and forth, back and forth, looking for a banana. He finally finds it, and they start just whomping on each other, man. Like, nah, get the hell out of here. This is my banana. It's like, a to- it's like madness. It's a mosh pit out there. 
Uh, there you go. It's like a bat mosh pit going yeah. after that fruit. It's like a yeah. bunch of bat juggalos getting together, just wailing on each other. Juggalos for life, bro. When you're a juggalo, you're always a juggalo. Yeah. You, die, you go into the grave with juggalo. Oh, of course. You got to get your juggalo tattoo, though, to make it official. Yeah, of course. Um, okay, so this a whole has got a chimp face. It's got some... And real quick, though, we got off the grid. Let's stay off the grid for a few more minutes. Um, <laughs> one of my favorite bat, um, like, just out there in the media is uh, Ace Ventura Part 2, Ace Ventura 2, When Nature Calls. Yeah, with the, uh, uh, what is it called? I, don't even I know what you're talking, what bit you're going to do. But basically it's a, you know, albino bat that's... Being the guana is that what it's called? Guano, guano, yeah, yeah, yeah. Guano is the bat shit, and uh, Ace Ventura's hate. He's so scared. He loves animals, every animal, but he hates bats. Who would have thought? Um, but yeah, that's that's a great movie. You gotta go check it out. So back to the whole um, chimp slash bat face, large, large, dark eyes. Thankfully, not red eyes. Everything has red glowing eyes with these damn cryptids. Um, but this one has large dark eyes, big ass wings like a pterodactyl. It has like these large claws on its forearm. I, I would assume it helps um, eat food and it, things of that nature. Yeah. Um, and then it's covered in gray fur. Um, the gray, I think the gray fur in its face is where it gets the like chip ape type um, description. Um, there's a couple different descriptions on how big it is. Um, some say that it's like the size of a small child, like a 10 year old or something, um, with a wingspan of 12 feet. Some descriptions that it has a wingspan up to 18 or 28 feet, which is just insane. Um, almost like, um, Kevin Garnett Davis or, (laughs) Oh, (laughs) We are on the same wavelength. Yeah, I'm old school. You're new school. Anthony Davis, Kevin Garnett type wingspan in the paint, bro. I like that. Except for, I think you get the win on that one because Anthony Davis's eyebrow it, it, it like flies off his head like a bat, kind of. Oh yeah, and the eyebrow is the size of a ten year old child. Exactly. That man, I like. I don't get it. Like. He was going to shave it off, but it came out that, like, oh, that's my thing. That's how people Dude, know me. You no, know, he, tra- he trademarked it. <laughs> he trademarked? So he trademarked his unibrow. And you, can, you guys can look this up. He trademarked his unibrow. And so now any unibrow-related merch, he gets a kickback to. <laughs> Wait. Any unibrow-related like merch? Any, like any, any unibrow. Like, um, as far as, like, he goes. Like, NBA-related. Okay. Like, you know how like, they, they have all those, like, they, they have a ton of, like, weird unibrow merch that like if you were a pelicans fan you were rocking and i guess a lakers fan um and i guess like when you're making that much like millions and millions of dollars who cares if you got a unibrow right i mean right like for sure on that one he don't get he don't care bro um (laughs) good knowledge man you're dropping a lot of knowledge um so the a hole supposed to be like three four times um the size of the largest known bat um, which is called a flying fox. Go look it up. It's pretty cool looking. Um, now, the Ahul is said to only eat fish, really. I don't know. Yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah. And the, the Pescatarian. Time, exactly. Exactly. He's a fish eater. I'm sure he gets down on some bananas from time to time. God Um, God dang, you know he does. They think, though, you know, they have occasionally have reports of it attacking humans. They're saying that it attacking humans is more likely just like it's a territorial animal. So, you know, you you get near its its den or its nest. I don't really know. They didn't talk about what it lives in because no one's ever followed him home. I think it'd be easy though if you followed him home two a.m. from the karaoke bar. He probably wasn't wouldn't be paying attention. You could kind of probably sneak and tiptoe well, behind no, trees got, like Bugs Bunny, you know. You know he's taking a lift, so like it might be hard to track. Oh, okay. Lift. Don't, don't drink and fly. I don't know if they have lift in Java, bro, but oh, whatever the equivalent. Okay, the equivalent. Yeah, he's ordering a Java and Rhino, <laughs> and just like taking a ride. There you go. It's called Rhino. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool, man. I like I like this guy so far. I mean, I think uh, 
he just he's just an animal. He's a big old bat, you know, living his life, having a good time. A lot of these cryptids, people make him out to be like bad dudes, you know. And uh, so far, I like the whole. Right, he's just chilling, man. He's seeing some uh, two tickets to paradise here on Friday night, and yeah, um, yeah. But you know, when he sings it, it sounds like two chickens. <laughs> two chicklets to paradise. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> uh, so the first reports were back in 1925 by Dr. Ernest Bartles. Um, he kind of described it um, as I already did. Suppo- you know, supposed to be nocturnal. Um, sleeps in caves or this is one I like this is more like fairy tale-ish sleeps in caves or behind waterfalls ooh I like that that's sexy man that's real sexy imagine a whole after a long night of karaoke like hey baby come back to my place behind the waterfall I'll set the mood <laughs> yeah that, that that's it I don't have any more to this joke I just think that's great <laughs> Um, so I guess the way it has its name is because of its infamous cry or screech. I know you like the word screech. <clears throat> Supposedly it could be heard in the distance whenever it flies by. And, and it sounds like this, bro. <clears throat> Hold on. <clears throat> That's what I gather. Or like, or is it like a. <laughs> that's the r&b version that's r&b night thursday nights right there yeah yeah i feel you <laughs> but yeah it's um it has there's some pretty cool cool pictures if you look up on the google um <laughs> there's a popular one it's like flying with its like talon like claws looking like it's gonna grab some hunters and it looks pissed bro he's like man you're all up in my nest Get the hell out. But yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, uh, I'm going to chug it to this one, man. Um, I mean, think about it. Deep in the jungle, all it really has to be, to be real, is just a giant-ass bat. A, yeah. a species of bat that hasn't been well-studied or something, you know? I'm super down on this. I think uh, I'm definitely chugging it. And the one thing that gets me right away is, like, when you said, like, oh, it's like... Some people said it's as big as a 10-year-old child. Others said it was, like, whatever, 28 feet. This sounds like a classic example of, like, you know, a, a guy catches a fish and it was, like, actually, a, you know, a, an average-sized fish. And he's like, it was, a, you know, 40-pound tuna or whatever. Right. Uh, like That exaggeration effect. Exaggeration or fear or whatever, right? So I'm going to chug it to this, um, especially, like, in a place, I mean, I don't know really anything about Java, but so I might be ignorant. But it sounds like it's probably not... Um, you know, it's still, it's, there hasn't been a whole ton of research into, like, the ecosystems or ecology or, like, maybe it's not a super, the scientific community isn't as built up as, like, a, a like you know, different countries around the world. Uh, so I'm going to chug into this. I want the whole to be real, and everything I heard tonight tells me that it is real. <laughs> that's a Michael Jackson version or what? I don't know, man. That's just what I'm feeling. Uh, for the people out there counting i just poured a new beer right now you might have heard me cracking open it's a portland local shout out to my dad for sending this my way it's called dead guy Ooh, dead guy ale by rogue um, Yep. just a classic ipa coming at 6.8 percent dare risk dream that's what it says here on the side and the uh the the picture is like a skeleton dude in a pope hat with a with a beer mug What's funny is I've had that beer before hell a long ago. don't remember what it tastes like. I just remember, in fact, funny, uh, I was at Mom and Dad's house for whatever reason and drove over to BevMo around the corner and picked one of those up. That's all. Cool yep. story, I know. I mean, I'm not going to rate it, but just had a sip. It doesn't taste anything like I remember it tasting. Uh, it's not bad. It's got like almost a, it's like an IPA. It's got like a caramel bite, which is interesting. Oh, nice. Um, <laughs> bite you right on the ass, bro. So yeah. What do you um? What do you got going over there? Are you uh? Yeah, man. Have any scary stories or what? I um. I wanted to talk about the reptoid hypothesis. The what? The reptoid hypothesis. Reptar, also known as our reptilian overlords. Oh, okay. I know. I I've heard of that. So, uh, reptoids, 
or reptilian overlords or whatever you want to call them. Um, they're this, and it's a hypothesis, right? We have no proof yet other than kind of believers or, or a few people who have written some books on it. Well, Beyonce is a third-level reptilian, but we could get into that later. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. So they're uh, an interdimensional race of reptilians, uh, beings, and they're actually called Archons, A-R-C-H-O-N-S. Okay. Um, and, like, the simple premise, like, before getting into anything else, is that these reptilian beings have hijacked Earth, and they're stopping humanity from realizing its true potential basically so it's pretty simple you know they're holding us back huh they're holding us down yeah yeah so these why though what's their deal these acrons are from it's called gnosticism uh so like this is like outside of even reptilians like this this idea or this name is from like ancient re- religions that um originated in part from like jewish catholicism or jewish christianity so from way back right and these uh, religions like closely relate to kind of like things that we saw um, a couple thousand years ago coming around. But basically, in all of these different like um, ancient religions, this like these Akrons are a demonic race that are either like the embodiment of evil, are subordinate to the embodiment of evil, or they like subordinate to like these evil beliefs. Um, so this reptoid hypothesis is that these are actually like fallen gods or fallen angels or fallen powerful beings from another universe, uh, from the Babylonian creation myths. Um, and if you don't know, listeners, those creation myths basically said these, uh, powerful gods or angels fell from earth, mated with human women, and it created like a hybrid race that still is on the planet what? today. Uh, that hybrid race being the reptilian overlords as we know them. Um, so they're like these genetically half archons, half humans um, that can shape shift between like their human shape and the reptilian shape. Jesus. Uh, and they're also known as the Babylonian Brotherhood. Oh my God! So that's bro. a lot to start off with. Um, uh, you're hurting my brain. Yeah. Wow. I'm so scared. I know it's spooky. It's spooky stuff to think that you know. Um, who knows? We we maybe we're reptilian. We have reptilian blood, and we don't know about it. Well, um, shoot. Let's um. Do they have like an intergalactic version of Twenty Three and Me or whatever that's called? <laughs> yeah, uh, that's a whole different talk, man. Because have you ever heard of the the like the theory that we've been star seeded? No, I haven't. But that sounds interesting. So it's like this idea that um, the reason aliens haven't come into contact with Earth or haven't let us know that they've come into contact with Earth is because we're actually an experiment, and that these like alien ra- multiple alien races, or one alien race came to Earth and like. Uh, modified our genetics with their own. So, like, they found, like, animals that were evolved and living on Earth. So, like, just in this example, like, some sort of primate spliced their own genes with it and wanted to see what would happen through evolution. Whoa, bro. And that was humans. I, and the, the primary argument for all of this is that the other species on Earth that, like, doesn't share a lot of DNA with um with the rest of Earth are like squids and octopi. Okay. So like the second most intelligent life forms on Earth share like no D or like very little DNA with like the rest of the animals on Earth. So say like, oh, like, look, these are probably from space. So are we. Uh, and also this idea that like if there if there's probably aliens out there and the reason they haven't contacted us isn't because they're dumb or they're not there or um we're more advanced than they are. Is that like, we're actually like part of a, almost like a wildlife preserve part of the universe. Dude. Anyway, I am. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, so that's that theory. Uh, I don't know how we got on that, but reptilians. So, uh, these are, um, sorry, let me take a look at my notes. Oh, so reptilians, something that's interesting about them is that, like, they're not just on Earth. 
So they're supposed to be like interdimensional creatures, like I said before. And I don't know where this comes from, but but theorists think that they're actually the ruler of seven different planets. Um, and they, like their main job or their main goal is to prevent like the souls of these planets or the souls of these, the intelligent life on these other planets from leaving. The, uh, from leaving their material planes. I don't know what that means. Basically, they're like interdimensional assholes. Uh, is what it sounds like. <laughs> man, this um, is... Where's Rick Sanchez when we need him, man? Uh, this is some Rick Sanchez this stuff. This is some deep Rick Sanchez stuff, which Rick Sanchez will be back in November, so we got a couple months, but we just got to figure this out on our own. But, oh my goodness. So... So let we, let's bring this back to Earth. I think like we maybe got a little crazy. I here. see what you did there, Earth. Uh, yeah. Well, who's um, a reptilian then? Can you point any out? Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll Benjamin get, we Franklin, will. So right? They, they think that like an, another like name for reptilians on Earth is like the Babylonian Brotherhood and also uh, the Illuminati. Ah, there we go. Always. So, yeah, I mean, always, but. Some like they point to some pretty key like bloodlines of like reptilians. Um, so like one of them like, are the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds. Um, it says like f- ancient pharaohs were pre- like they think that were reptilians. Um, I mean the Rothschilds get blamed for everything. Like they're always yeah, they're in every secret organization. Exactly, they're a bad rap. They're just you know. They're just some this rich family, you know. They like to go on picnics and and be on their yachts and eat caviar and you know buy gifts for each other. Like big deal. So, yeah. So the Rockefellers are on there is too. Uh, the other ones that they say like they point to um, like everything. Anyone from like there's a couple two two or three like British prime ministers and Canadian prime ministers. Two or three American presidents. Um, one of the Damn. big ones they point to is actually the Habsburgs. Um, or the Habsburg? I can't. I don't know how I'm saying this right. Do you right. think Jano is one, bro? Uh, no, nah, Jano's too nice to be a reptilian. Like, okay. re- reptilians by definition are, 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 are mean. They're mean bros. Okay, uh, okay. But uh, the Habsburgs were like this family that in like... M- I believe medieval times, don't quote me on this, but, like, they pretty much, like, if you go into any of the royal houses in, like, uh, Western Europe, at some point or another, they became, like, the, the like, you could trace everyone back to the Habsburgs. So, like, um, Spain and, like, the Holy Roman Empire and Switzerland and all those places, um, all their empires were ruled, and I think France as well, were ruled by, like, all the bloodlines traced back to the Habsburgs, kind of, like, one of the things, the theories being, like, the reptilians come on Earth, and like they manipulate their way into these po- like you know positions of power. Damn, like Senor uh, Cousteau. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> took me a second there. Uh, so okay, other like things that are important to know about the reptilians. They suck. First, well, they of all. suck, but they think like you know we think that they literally feed on negative energy, and they drink. You know. You know they drink Blue Moon, bro. Fuck. Frick. No, so I don't think they drink Blue Moon. I think what they do is, like, they they are like they convince your brother, to, like, at his wedding to only have Blue Moon, and then, like, create negative energy, and then they feed off of it. Oh, so they, they create the negative energy, and that's, like, their life force. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um... So, they, I mean, there's so there's so much more about these reptilians that I can go into, but <laughs> I guess, I, I, like, really, I, I spent so much time looking into it today, but um, a couple of things that I wanted to touch on about them, um, like, they, they're closely tied to the Illuminati. It's, like, believed basically that they're one and the same, or that the majority of reptilians, or the majority of people in the Illuminati are reptilians. Um, and, like, that they... Basically, they use this thing called the pro- the problem reaction solution to like advance their agenda. So they create a false problem, which generates this like reaction from people, uh, hopefully like a desired reaction of fear, and then they present a solution to this fake problem that 
actually takes them one step closer to what they want to do. Hmm. Uh, so, like, classic examples of this that they give are, like, 9-11. So, they say that it was an inside job. Like or They say like, the reality was that it was an inside job, which might be a whole different podcast episode we need to do. But saying, like, step one was create this fear of terrorism, of, like, t- or I guess of terrorism from the Middle East and America. Uh, and then, like, the proposed solution was to invade the Middle East. And it got them one step closer to, like, global domination. Um, so that's part of it. They also, like, tie the reptilians into the NWO. Um, and they really attach, like, any, like, so many incidents to reptoids. So, like, the the notes I have here are, like, the Oklahoma City bombing, um, Columbine, the death of Princess Diana, the assassination of JFK. Um, so some pretty heavy hitters in the world of conspiracies are all tied into reptilians. Yeah, man, I don't like it. I think the one I like the best is the experiment. We're just an experiment, and they probably see, you know, us like just flink, like flicking our dongs, and they're like, "What?" <laughs> I mean, that's what not even like on? that's not even really related to the reptilians. I think one of the one of the ideas with like the star seeding is that uh, Earth is act like I'm getting real deep into it right now. I've done a lot. Of, I've done too much alien conspiracy research. So I think I kind of did a crossover there. Okay, I see what you're saying. But uh, like one one of the things that does tie in the reptilians is that they think Earth is like for some reason or another we have like strategic resources that are rare in the galaxy that we don't know about yet, and so that we're we're subtly like a planet that's like being contested by like. Uh, multiple aliens like civilizations uh, and one of those is the reptilians who uses like subterfuge uh, and like you know spies and stuff to manipulate us from the inside when reality is probably just like uh, <laughs> do you remember the Rick and Morty episode where they were put on like this intergalactic uh, music show show me what you got yeah, yeah. in reality we're just a uh, Lie, like a reality yeah. TV. We're basically the Sims for some like, like yes. a 10-year-old equivalent of an alien, like like a kid, an alien kid. He just finished eating his bajorka jork and, oh, yeah. uh, you know, school's the next day and he's just going to chill and play, play us and he's making us do a podcast. Yeah, 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 exactly. Well, he does, he's not making us, but like the direct, you know, result of his decision yeah. were two dudes... Drinking beer, talking about podcasts. Yeah, man, and look where we are. Uh, so, what do you think? There's a lot to there's a lot to, to digest here. Unpack there. Yeah, I, I'm I'm gonna leave this one as like I might want to revisit it. You know, I think um, some of the stuff I read might be, uh, you know, and, and I don't want to push this idea on anyone, but it might be a little crazy. Uh, but I think there's some interesting, like, idea, I think the one thing that I don't really get is, like, how are, how and why are they shape-shifting? There's, like, they believe, like, everyone from, like, Jay-Z and Drake and Justin Bieber, Rihanna, like, all these pop celebrities are also, like, part of, like, the reptilian overlords, like, you know, they're, like, shaping our culture, which is, like, influencing as a society. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know, I'm gonna... Soft toss, you know. I'm not tossing it too far, but you're just tossing it, and it's like only you know about a foot away from you because you know you're gonna want to go grab it and take a look later. Yeah, I'm tossing it like a um, a cornhole distance. Okay, okay. I'm gonna um, I'm gonna toss it to <laughs> no man. I'm torn on this one, man. I'm gonna chug it just because I don't know enough yet, and we need to, I need to learn a bit, little bit more. I'm chugging it. All right, well maybe uh, we might have to do a, maybe the next episode or something about star seeding. I think that's pretty interesting. Um, actually, yeah, I think um, let's for real let's do like a whole episode about that because that's actually really really interesting. Definitely, uh, whatever whatever episode uh, we're on. Well, the next I think we're on twelve. Episode 12, man. Cool, man. Well... So are we gonna... Um, you know how in hotels they don't have a 13th floor? Uh, are we yeah. gonna, like, not have a 13th episode and go to 14th? No, nah, man, because that's a whole conspiracy in and of itself. You know, I'm about, to, I'm okay. about to go off the cuff right now. You know why 13's considered unlucky? 
or no. like the, cons- the conspiracy here is that back in the day there was I don't know I don't know anybody's names this is like drunk history but worse Jebediah. Back in the day, there was a pope, a new pope, and he wanted to swing his big old new pope dong, and uh, <laughs> he wanted to drop those big old pope balls on the table, and uh, and he was trying to convert a bunch of pagans, right? And so, a lot of the holidays were based around the moon, right? So, like a lot of cultures worship the, yeah. the natural elements: the sun, the moon, the earth, the water. Um, and all of our months were based off the moon. There's actually 13 months originally. The lo- the mm. lunar calendar is 13 months long. And he was like, no, we only worship homie Jesus Cristo. And, <laughs> uh, thir- you know, I'm not about this life. So he, uh, he they instituted the new papal calendar. And they uh, got rid of uh, a month. And they extended all the months by a couple of days to make up. And that's how you got 12 months instead of 13. And that's why 13 is considered unlucky. It's just like a satanic number because it's associated with like pagan religions. Man, that was a mic drop moment if I've ever heard uh, of one. I Good wish job, I had man. my big old Pope gear. Dong? Oh, what? <laughs> um, what? Your Pope gear, bro. Yeah. That's interesting. I'm gonna have to look that up. I, I might mean, have missed a couple facts in there, but you know, this beer don't lie. I don't lie while I'm on this beer. We could do a whole new podcast all about how so like a lot of these holidays are derived from these pagan um, holidays. You know what that podcast is called? A history class. That's oh. just a history class. Huh. <laughs> huh. Don't upset anyone, man. Don't upset the the viewers Look, out there. Anybody who's listening this far, episode 12, 40, <laughs> what, whatever, what are we are, 40 something minutes in. You probably about uh if we add in the the jingle we did, probably about 48 minutes. Yeah, you, yeah. you know, at this point the podcast is fast and loose. So, I do it out here for the people. And uh I just thought you guys should know that. Open your eyes. Sheeple. Sheeple, oh, that's. I love when people call other people sheeple. It's like, I mean, think about it. Are any of like your own political ideas like really your own? Like, did you create them or? Oh, uh, bro, you want to go into that talk? Let's go like several levels deeper. Is any of like your own self identity even you, or is it just a bunch of ideas? That you picked up along the way, like a snowball, that you now correlate with yourself. I'm thinking I'm going to have to take LSD for that chat. What's but, um, uh, we were just talking about him? What's the actor in Ace Ventura's name? Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. Yeah, he's actually. like he's all he's he's mad woke, dude. Like he's all about this. Like he had that whole like some people say call it was like a meltdown, but I think it was like an existential awakening. Where he's talking about all these things, and you listen to him talk, and you're like, you know, you're right. Once you take away this idea that, you know, I am John Vivette, I am Jim Carrey, or whatever, you're really just this bunch of ideas that you picked up along the way that you decided, hey, I like this, I like that, I think this. You start stripping those things, you know, down level by level. What are you, bro? What are yeah, we? Actually, yeah. I've actually seen a couple of those interviews with him where he's talking about that kind of stuff. Like, who are we? Like, are we aren't even people. Like, we're just a bunch of ideas put together, you know? I know what you're saying, and yeah, it's pretty interesting. And you're right, people think he went off the deep end, which he kind of did, but he kind of didn't because... Well, it's he, all relative, he, right? Like, it's, right, it's off the deep end is. if you're like, you don't want to challenge that part of your... You know, I get it, it's scary to think about that kind of stuff. But like it is scary. It's kind of weird. Kind of, uh, you know what it is. It's just so so abstract. People yeah. get um, people get scared of abstract anything, whether it's thinking or people who are different than you. Or man, we could go deep into this. But uh, yeah, I mean, like I, I guess, like whatever. We're at fifty minutes, so let's just run with this. But uh, again, I, I don't want to like go too deep into it, even deeper than we are. But like, it really is like we talk about all these things that are like. They're great, like these are conspiracies and they're cryptids and we believe in them. And uh, but if you want to go like way deeper and like, why are these things so out of the ordinary for people? It's because they refuse to believe anything 
that's not right in front of their hands or that's not like out of the realm of their own reality, right? Um, like if you go and talk to someone who's never, if you if you were to tell someone who'd never seen a picture of the ocean, they lived in a desert their whole life, and there's like this huge body of water, they'd laugh in your face. They'd be like, you're ridiculous. Until you take them to the ocean, you know what I'm saying, man? It's all relative to your upbringing, your surroundings. Um, man, I like the deep, deep dive Jim Carrey slash just existential crisis. Yeah. Yes. You're, There's you're a lot of food bro. for thought there. Uh, so, yeah, bro. if you guys have any uh, existential crises you want to share with us, add us at Craft Cryptids. <laughs> <laughs> Email us at craftcryptids.gmail.com. Um, you know, Instagram, Twitter, email, whisper to your moth. He'll find us. We'll, we'll leave the lamp on for him. Uh, yeah, you got to leave the, uh, the dude, lamp on from him. And... Do, you, do you remember those lamp, the moth memes? Yeah, those were on point for like a good. <laughs> There's month. only one thing moths want. It's disgusting. <laughs> those were some great, great memes. I've been off my IG game. I know we haven't had as many posts, but uh, it's been a busy, busy, busy time, y'all. But uh, appreciate all the likes. Appreciate all the love. Um, yeah, man, that was a good episode. It was good talking to you, bro. It's been a while. Yeah, that's it. I ha- I had a lot of fun tonight. Dope. Yep. I'll double down on that, bro. Make sure if you're uh, doing some karaoke deep in the jungles of Java, you can catch that rhino lift and get home safely, y'all. Peace. Bigfoot is blurry. That's the problem. <laughs> it's not the photographer's fault. Bigfoot is blurry. And that's extra scary to me. Because there's a large, out-of-focus monster roaming the countryside. <laughs>